Welcome to episode 139 of Enhancing the Human Experience. I'm so glad you tuned in today. This is the first episode of the new year. And before we get into the to the episode today and talk with Denise Jensen, I'm going to go over a couple of items, just housekeeping stuff, get you up to date on some changes that's happening, and then we'll dive into the interview. It's super good. I know you're going to enjoy it. So for starters, you may have noticed that the podcasts aren't coming out every week. And for the time being, I'm going to release one episode per month, and we'll see how that goes moving forward because I'm really putting a lot more time and energy into video content, which you can find at youtube.com slash gmarkphillips. And that's going to be the direction for the near future. We'll see how it goes. The podcast will never go away, but it's just changing a little bit. Uh, The frequency is going to be changing. So just keep that in mind. If you don't see episodes every week, that's why. The other thing I want to mention and remind you of is if you haven't downloaded tools for conscious creators from my website, gmarkphillips.com. You can do that for free. What these are, are the the best ideas from, you know, knowledge and wisdom from spiritual, metaphysical, even intellectual, all the books, all of the things that I've kind of ran across on my journey to create simple and effective tools to help you be a more conscious creator and, and actually do the things you came here to do, create the things you came here to create. And leave them in this physical world, right? Let them come through you into the world. So these are really powerful tools. I've been using these for years and they've really helped me so much. And I know that you're going to get a lot of value out of them as well. Here's how you can pick them up. You can go to gmarkphillips.com. When you sign up for my mailing list, which you'll also receive podcast updates, blog posts, things like that, whenever I publish them, there is a link in the email, the welcome email there when you sign up for the list that will allow you to download these tools. And every tool will have a version number. Currently, it's version 1.0 as I'm uploading these tools into this collection. But over time, as I refine the tool, tweak the tools and change the tools, which I do all the time, you can check and make sure that you have the most current version and, you know, are getting the maximum benefit out of that tool. So again, you know, I find these tools to be really valuable to me on my journey and I, and I think you will as well. So that's available at gmarkphillips.com when you sign up for my mailing list. All right, let's talk about my guest today. So Denise Jensen is a coach and counselor. She's also a friend of Jess Maitri. Jess Maitri was my guest a number of podcasts ago and shared some really awesome insights. I'll link to her episode in the show notes uh, beneath this YouTube video or at gmarkphillips.com. But in this episode, Denise and I really talk about, you know, the value of the coaching experience and and really the um, intangible value of it, right? The, we talk a little bit about the knowledge, but also about the accountability from it, which like we talked about, I feel is really invaluable when you're talking about a coaching experience, client coach experience. So we talk about a lot of stuff like that. She shares some of her practices to stay tuned in, to stay pushing into that, you know, uncomfortable zone, which we know everything we want and all the good things in life is waiting for us in that zone. You and I both know that. So there's so much goodness in this episode. I really think you're going to enjoy it. Without further ado, let's jump in and have a conversation with Denise. (laughs) 
Denise, thanks for joining me and uh, taking the time to chat about your work and, and what, what you're doing in the world. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So you're you're an acquaintance, a friend of Jess, and Jess Maitri was a guest on a prior episode, which I'll of course link to the in the show notes beneath this episode. Tell me how you two know each other. Um, I met Jess through her work that she's doing through Yothera and um, participating in some of the groups that she's been doing, and just really getting to know her work. And we have become um, more acquainted over time after because of that. Yeah, she, you know, she, I was super interested in what she's doing. And she talked a little bit about her work and, and the Yothera practice and that type of therapy. It, have you done that before? Or is this a, are you just expanding your portfolio of services to offer your clients? Yeah, no, I, I have not done Yothera before. Um, I'm expanding my practice into some other areas. But um, Jess, I've um, referred several people to Jess um, over the last several years of knowing her and knowing her practice, just because I know how, um, especially trauma gets stuck in the body. And um, Yothera is so great at not having to go back to all of that stuff and still allowing people to process their trauma and um, in a way that lets it leave the body. So that's where I've known her from. Yeah. It definitely sounds super valuable, um, you know, that that type of work and getting rid of that. Because I mean, as, as you know, that's the, that's a huge sticking point for people. Um, tell me about tell me about your experience around that arena, as far as helping people release their, you know, th- those that trauma and those like emotions that are block blocking them from having, you know, happiness and success and all that kind of stuff. What's yeah. been your experience there? So my experience with trauma has been, um, you know, there's all sorts of different modalities that are out there that people use with trauma. And what I have found is really successful is there's, uh, there's a mind component to it. You know, there's this, because we have this fear reaction that happens with trauma. And so having to get people to a place where they are, um, okay to stop for just a minute and to sit with the fear and then to make a rational decision based on that fear. Um, And so working a lot around how do we get our mindset right? How do we, um, how do we build up that mind muscle capacity to be able to, when my body is telling me I'm not safe, even though I know I am to sit in that and be, um, comfortable with it for, well, not comfortable because you never are, but, mm-hmm. but to, to get to that place where you can be rational about the fear. And, and then mm-hmm. over time, when you sit with it, um, and you learn kind of the, you learn some practices that help soothe all of that, then over time, you, you really, um, it, the fear doesn't come up as much. I it's that's interesting. It it almost sounds, you know, the way that I hear that is that it almost sounds like you're talking like maybe some sub, subconscious things going on, but you're you're bringing on a conscious component and allowing them to say, look at it from a different, more conscious level, and say, hey, you know, you're safe. You're not you're not in danger right now. And you're saying that kind of overrides the the programmed behavior. Is that kind of what you're what you're getting at? It does. It does. And and then being conscious about where that fear is coming from, right? Because at in a previous time, that fear kept the kept the person safe. And so 
and so we have to, you know, we do, I do a lot of work of talk to, talk to yourself back then, talk to your old self and let them know that you're safe today and you've got the capacity to, you've got the capacity to handle it and, and to let them give, you know, give, give you your life back and give you your opportunity to, um, to handle this situation. And, um, and it allows people to take ownership again of where they're at and really kind of sit with it and then be rational about it. Because a lot of, you know, fear is based on, it's a body reaction based on past experiences, right? If you put your hand on a hot stove, you know, oh, I shouldn't put my hand on a hot stove. And sometimes what happens is any stove then I can't put my hand on. And so what what we work on doing is um, really getting clear on this isn't the hot stove. This is, you know, this is something that I can manage in today, in this moment, and um, and it's going to be okay. So, so in your experience, it kind of blocks. I mean, that react or that response that they got that we got in the past in our in our past there kind of blocks everything out. We kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes, oftentimes we do. Mm-hmm. And then it and then it creates other patterns in other parts of our life, right? When we become so fear-based, especially just because of experiences that we've been through, and then we start seeing that impacting our relationships and we become fear-based with our relationships, we become fear-based with decisions about work, um, how we show up for ourselves, often our health can um, take a nosedive. And so it's really how... To, how do we start getting present with the fear and being okay with being in fear and then recognizing getting rational about it? Yeah. You know, I really, I love that. I mean, I just find fear at the root of everything that, that it's kind of, it's kind of at the root of the human experience that so we've got to eradicate it. And, and more so, I guess I should say courage is necessary to do anything in life, you know, to whether it's fighting those internal demons or those internal battles we have with ourselves of unworthiness or doubt or anxiety or in the external world, putting ourselves out there and, you know, standing up and speaking our peace and so on. I, I think it's foundational. I think what you're doing is foundational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Um, and, and it leads to transformation for people, right? Because once I can manage my fear internally in one small area of my life, then I can start trusting myself. And mm-hmm. I know that it's going to be okay in other areas of my life. I'm really glad you said that because I totally feel that way too, that you know, when we take a, a step and realize, oh, I'm not dead, I'm, not, I'm still here, everything's fine, it allows us to take more and more, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's so true. Well, so give me a little bit of your background as far as your journey up to this point. Um, uh, tell us about your your history and your past working in this field and, and whatever you feel is relevant. Give us a little glimpse. Mm, um, so I have been working in this field for about 20 years. Um, I got my master's in social work and really wanted to help women um, be okay with the lives that they had and be able to be the best version of themselves that they could be. Um, right out of college, I was young and had um, 
kids at home. And so that was kind of my focus as I wanted to work with other women who had gone through some similar experiences to what I had been through at that point in time and um, wanted to help them move forward. And um, I, so anyway, that was kind of my impetus to wanting to get into the field of social work. And over the years I have done, um, I've had a substance use disorder counseling practice um, because I found oftentimes the women who end up coming to us have, um, to me, have other issues going on, right? And substances are often a way that we numb not feeling good about ourselves. Um, and sure. so worked in substance abuse field. Um, I had a mental health therapy practice. Um, and then I've worked for both the state of Idaho and the state of Utah, um, helping to build um, big, big system change initiatives. So around substance use disorder, children's mental health, um, and suicide and drug overdose. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then I've also taught at the University of Utah and their substance use disorder program. So yeah, yeah. fascinating. Yeah, go, so go, just, U- go Utes, by the way, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> They're great. Yeah. So and, absolutely. And so now I'm kind of transitioning into the space of um, life and wellness coaching because I mm-hmm. do recognize that there's so much of the work around um, how do we transition and how do we move forward in our lives really comes down to our minds and how are we getting really tough in our own minds so that we can face fear, so that we can face all of those transitional pieces that come up if we're um, for all of us. Absolutely. I love that you said the word, you know, getting tough in our own minds. Um, what, what do you find working with people? Does it, is that kind of what it comes down to? Cause that's really been my experience just on my own journey and seeing other people's more, more specifically on my own journey is like toughening myself to the daily, whatever needs to be done, right. And discipline. And I call it tough love in a sense too. Um, What's been your experience around that word tough and and building up the mindset and and that kind of thing? I'd love to have you unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So I think often we we look at our own life and compare our life to where we see the highlight reel of other people's lives. And so it creates this false sense of I should be somewhere other than where I'm at. And it creates a lot of um, just not feeling not feeling um, like you're good enough. And that sense of not feeling like you're good enough keeps people stuck in these little kind of boxes that they create for themselves. We And we all put ourselves in those boxes. Um, and so getting mindfully tough means taking a look at what are my thoughts that I'm using and what am I saying about this situation? Because we know our thoughts impact our behavior and our behavior impacts the result and what we get out of life. And so um, for me in my own process, toughening my mind up started when I started going to the gym um, and recognizing that it really sucked to have to, you Mm -hmm. know, do an hour of cardio (laughs) and how in the world was I going to get through this? But knowing that I didn't want to be where I had been um, up to that point, and so I was just going to show up. And I started noticing over time that what happened is all of these tools that I started 
using with my clients in substance abuse treatment and in uh, mental health therapy really played a huge part for me in um, changing my mindset and toughening myself up. And so things like you can do anything for 60 seconds, Denise, it doesn't matter how difficult it is. It doesn't matter how painful it is. You can do whatever it takes for 60 seconds, you know, and then Mm -hmm. having those same kinds of conversations on a pretty regular basis to get through the next day and then getting clear on what was it that I wanted. And so I take I take my clients through those same processes and how do you build mental toughness? How do you show up for yourself? Um, and, and what is it that you really want out of life? How is what you're doing today creating, you know, you living in your, your values that you have for yourself. And if it's not, then let's put together a plan and let's work on that. Um, we do a lot of journaling because often we don't recognize the thoughts that we that are coming up for us mm. unless we either put it on paper or we say it to somebody else and yeah. when you have to create that mental toughness you need to know your thoughts sometimes on a minute to minute basis and other times at least on a daily basis and so becoming your own accountability person around your thoughts becomes really important yeah, it's so true. How how do you what's your approach for like you say tuning up those thoughts or making them aware of those thoughts? Mm-hmm. Do you find it beneficial to kind of make them aware like you say through that journaling process of the thoughts that aren't supporting them or do you go straight to okay, here's your new beliefs, new thoughts? How do you reconcile those two kind of different approaches? What mm-hmm. what are you finding? So it for me it both have to happen at the same time. So I have my clients sit down and write down, okay, here's, you know, if I know I have to um, go to an event tonight and there are going to be people there and I don't want to have to talk to people and I know I have to, right? That's, That's the fact. I have to show up to this event. So the thoughts going through my head are, oh my goodness, what am I going to say to these people? Are they even going to want me to talk? How do I make this happen? I'm going to fail at this. I don't really like it. And then the beliefs are, you know, oh, I feel like a failure already, or um, I'm not going to be successful. And the results are, then we don't, we don't show up. We don't do it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so what I work with my clients on is, you know, what's coming up today. You know, what's a trigger. Let's write that out. Let's take a look at your thoughts. And I have them journal this every morning, right? So what are your thoughts associated with it? What are your beliefs that come up about you? Um, And then what are the results that you get out of it? And then I have them go through and do that same process until they can get to at least a new thought that is something that has more power, internal power. So instead of I'm going to suck at this and nobody's going to want to hear what I have to say is a thought that you can believe for yourself. You know, it may be terrible, but I've done it before and I can do it again. And it's not, you know, I'm not going to die over this. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like that. That's the process. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, really beneficial to kind of get in there and look at what's running us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so so that's I like your I like that approach because it kind of does both does kind of double duty uh, root up the old and bring it 
bring it into the light of awareness and then kind of re reassess it. I really like that. What do you what do you find holds people back the most in your experience? I mean, has there been kind of a one theme, or is every client and uh, a little bit different? What's been your? Uh, and you mentioned the fear and the and the you know you know change, and I like the fact that you tied in the body work to it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you do something physically, it kind of pumps you up and gives you some confidence to do something mm-hmm. more difficult. But have you found like an underlying current? Uh, that kind of holds people back in, in a sense? Um, I think for a lot of people, it really is. I've been following this pattern and this path for such a long time. It feels comfortable, even though I'm extremely uncomfortable in it. Hmm. Um, and, yeah. you know, and I think that's what, and then there's some sort of a life thing that happens and they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And how do I do something different? Um, and that's the point at which people usually come to me is it's, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And I don't know how to do something different consistently. And um, so then we work on that. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think about all the time, you know, as I look at the, at the human experience and, and why it's so difficult to change, you know, just kind of, you know, just describing the experience, so to speak, I think about this, you know, uh, pain of change versus the pain of staying the same. And like you mentioned, it's oftentimes that that pain gets so strong, build up and build up and build up. And it could be any number of things that can cause it, right? Either, you know, relationship pain, or maybe you're not sharing your message with the world. That can be kind of an emotional pain that builds up. But that because obviously we all want transformation and change. I think it's kind of like what we're here to do is like grow and expand and transform. And if we don't follow that journey, we it somehow is painful. Um, so I, I really like that idea, you know, what, that, what you're talking about with that. So that, that's kind of how I think of it as the pain of change versus the pain of staying the same. Yes, yes. And then reminding ourselves what, you know, what staying the same means. Right. Mm-hmm. And getting really clear on that. Cause I think oftentimes when um, we start down a change process, um, our initial reaction is, this is great. I want to do this. And then it starts getting hard again. And mm-hmm. um, we want to go back to that space of that other thing felt comfortable, even though it wasn't what I wanted. And so having practices in place on a daily basis to be able to remind us that remember, this isn't what I wanted. I want this, I want this future focus. Mm-hmm. I want this transformation. I, I'm okay with this pain because it's better than the other pain I was feeling. Yeah. You know, in, in some sense, and just to give you a little history of myself, I kind of describe myself as a recovering or a former comfortaholic. And so, so I, I've kind of come to the realization that it's, better to be in momentum and moving forward and kind of in the eye of the storm, even though it's a little bit scary sometimes and a little bit, there's lots of unknowns and you're definitely putting yourself out there. But what I've realized is that it's really more safe to be there because at least you're in momentum and you're moving forward as opposed to clinging to whatever, you know, feels comfortable at the time. Um, it, it's, it's kind of this shift that has taken place in my own mind. And have you seen that in your experience or in your clients? I mean, do they embrace that at some point? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think we all, like, we all get to that place where we recognize that to stop at this point 
would be more effort to start back up again. And so, you know, and so wanting to continue forward and for, for a lot of my clients, then the other piece that comes into play for them is, okay, I've started down this fear path and, you know, and we start with the mindset piece, but then there's, in order to have true transformation, we've got to really take a look at our mind and our body and our spirit. So how am I showing up um, physically and what am I doing for myself to create a healthy space and a healthy environment for my mind to thrive in? How do I build mind capacity so that I am strong when times get tough and I know that things are going to be better and I can walk myself through that process on my own? And then I have to create space for myself so that I can really get clear on that inner knowing. I have to allow myself to really um, be present with my higher self so that I can have this full transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so it's so true because you're right. It is it's a total mind, body, and soul transformation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You can't leave one part behind, right? It's all connected. No. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And that's why I like, you know, you mentioned that, you know, going to the gym on a consistent basis reinforces, you know, has like psychological benefits as well. Mm-hmm. It it's does. so true. Yeah, it has huge psychological benefits. And the nice thing about the gym for a lot of people is it has a shorter window of success, right? So I can show up to the gym for two weeks and I start feeling better right? I start feeling differences. I may not have lost weight. I may not have, um, you know, been able to increase my weights or anything, but I start feeling better. I have a little bit more energy and those kinds of things change. Um, whereas if I want to make a big change somewhere else it, in, in other areas of my life, say with relationships or at work, sometimes those take longer periods of time to get reinforcement. And so I can learn to trust myself at the gym, and that happens um, a lot faster. Yeah, I totally get it, and it makes sense. You know, you know, you touched on this earlier too, and I, I want to chat about that. This little idea that um, you know we're we're so much comparing ourselves to people on social media who are at way different levels. You know, they may be ultra athletes or whatever. And here we are looking at that all the time and getting that, there's like a big gap between where we are and where they are. And then we say to ourselves, well, I don't even, I'm not even going to start because it's just too much to go there. But I like the fact that you mentioned earlier, just doing those simple things on a day to daily basis. And for me, I sometimes think, hey, just eat a little healthier today. Or like you said, just get a little exercise today. And build on those those components because you're right. It it's those little wins that compound, don't they? Yes, they do, and they make a huge difference because all of a sudden, yeah, you start changing the story that you tell yourself about who you are as a person um, mm-hmm. and what the world can expect of you. Yeah, it's so true. You know, even gosh, even a little thing like even drinking more water you than one day than you did the prior or eating a little healthier. It just, it starts to get, give us more clarity and make us feel a little better. Cause I look at that. It all comes down to like feeling good. Right. And we're just pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's so good. So, so tell me about your, some of your rituals or your routines that you do to kind of keep tuned in and, mm-hmm. and feeling good and pushing forward. 
Um, I'm a One firm, of your favorites. Yeah, my favorites. Um, I spend time meditating every morning. Um, mm-hmm. I get to the gym on a pretty regular basis. And then I do what I tell my clients to. So I do the journaling every single day and I look at my thoughts um, and see how I'm showing up. And I check in with myself um, at least once a day, because for me, that's really key. I mean, I too have gone through this space of been in complete fear and paralyzed by it. And um, Mm -hmm. so we all have to check up on that. Absolutely. Yeah. No one's, that's the thing. No one's immune to it. Are they? No, no, we're not. (laughs) Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. But you know, I, I look at it as we're all in this kind of continuum Mm -hmm. and, you know, even everyone has more to go and everyone has come a long ways too in their journeys. Yes. Yes, they have. And and I think we don't celebrate the successes of coming Mm -mm. along on our journeys often enough. And we really have to spend time and do that and say, Oh, my goodness, you know, look what I did today. Or, you know, even if it's a small win, it's a win. And mm-hmm. um, we have to honor that. So true. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. It's, and it's super important because th- then you never, then you're always on that hamster wheel of, oh, I got more and more and more. And you never give yourself the pat on the back. Not that you got to do it, you know, 24 hours a day, but sometimes you need to give that love to ourselves, don't we? Exactly. Exactly. Because really yeah. this whole process and idea is how do I get to a space of self-love? And yeah. um, if I can't celebrate my wins, then what kind of love am I showing to myself? It's so true. I'm glad you brought that up because I think we're just so, a lot of us are so focused on like more, 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 like improvement, improvement, improvement. Mm -hmm. And we forget to turn around and go, you know, I have come a long ways. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's it's so important. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. So, so journaling is a favorite. I like that too. Mm -hmm. I love getting the ideas out and on Mm -hmm. paper Mm -hmm. and definitely, you know, getting exercise, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, tell, Tell people... Like, what can clients expect when they come, when they get in touch with you and work with you? Can you walk us through mm-hmm. if, if you have like an introductory process or a, an in, introductory consultation? Walk us through kind of the process, if you would. Yeah. So um, introductory consultation is, you know, we'll, we'll chat for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. And I really want to get an idea of um, what what the pain points are for this person and what is it that we need to start working on and hopefully give them, you know, a win or two. And then when we move into the process of actual, the coaching work that we do, it's helping people get clear, like I said earlier, on what are my values? um, What do I really want in life? What are my goals for myself? And um, what have I done so far to... um, what have I done so far that has been successful and that hasn't been successful? Mm, I like that. Yeah. And so then we take that and we build out a plan. So, um, you know, if it's around health, that's bringing me to the table, then how are we, you know, how are you eating? How are, what kind of exercise are you getting? Um, and then we start taking a look at how, you know, reducing calories and increasing exercise or or whatever um, that person needs. Um, Mm -hmm. If it's about relationships and wanting to work on relationships, then we start taking a look at um, what are you telling yourself about the relationships? How are you um, 
walking into them? And what are the paradigms that you're viewing your partner in that are keeping you stuck or feeling, you know, oftentimes it's my clients will come in saying, well, I'm having to do all the work and they're not doing any of it. And I'm really frustrated. And, you know, why do Mm -hmm. I always have to take on everybody's work? And so we'll take a look at, um, again, their thoughts, what they're working on around that and um, pull together a plan. And then really the coaching process is how do you be present with each other? How do I give and then giving direct feedback to them? So if they're if they're reporting to me something that they're not clear on, then I'm going to work with them to um, become aware of the thoughts that are that they're saying to me um, and then come up with plans around it. And so then we, yeah, so then we use that time in our, and most of all of our sessions are over zoom. Um, so we do all of it online and, um, Mm -hmm. and so you can work with clients remotely Mm -hmm. wherever they may be. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. What, what kind of packages do you have set packages that you give or offer Mm -hmm. to the clients or how can you structure your coaching? Yeah. So right now I have um, a three month coaching package and um, we start out with a two hour session so that we can um, take a look at their background, where they're at, what it is that they want. Um, and then we moved, we pull together an initial plan for them. Um, and then we do coaching once a week for three months after that. And as time goes on, we modify that. Um, if we need to, and we bring in other aspects, it's, I don't want, the last thing I want to do is put anybody in overwhelm. Um, and Mm -hmm. that can happen sometimes when we're setting new goals and, and making really big life change, life changes for ourselves. So oftentimes we'll Mm -hmm. break it down into, here's what I want over the next three months. And then here's what we're going to work on over the next month. And so then we set targets for, um, you know, we, put together a plan, we set targets for what they're going to do for the month, what they're going to do for the week, and what they're going to do for the day. And then coaching becomes Mm -hmm. about how are you actually meeting those targets? And how are you showing up for yourself? And what are you doing today that's different than what you did yesterday? Or what's working that's the same and what's not working? So that we can piece it apart and really help build a plan that's going to be sustainable and successful. And, um, help empower them to be their own, um, their own best person and show up for themselves. Yeah, it's true because, you know, like, you know, like you just mentioned that when they're by themselves, they've got to kind of have those tools that you're helping them develop, right? So they can do the, do the thing, right? Yes, yes. And I think a lot of times people, um, we get so caught up in our heads and the stories we tell ourselves. And even when we're doing some of these daily practices, Unless we have an outside person saying, wait a minute, you know, this isn't, you said you wanted this thing over here, but here's Mm -hmm. what you're doing. Is that really what you want? Or do we need to change your goals? And having those kinds of conversations is really transformative for people. Um, Yeah, I I totally agree. It it shines them. It holds the mirror up saying, Hey, you know, is this really what you want? It kind of, I don't, I don't want to get too, too off in the weeds here, but it's kind of like the BS, right? Are you, are you really want it or do you not want it? Cause um, you know, you, we can have whatever we want, mm-hmm. but we just need to make that decision and go for it. Don't we? Yes. Yes. And you know, you, yeah. 
you got to suit up and show up in your own life, right? There's only so much that I can do. My job is to um, help you help co-create a path for you and then Mm -hmm. um, reflect back to you when you're staying on your path and not staying on your path and be your cheerleader and be your support and make sure that you're doing the work in your own life to show up. That's and and I that's where I think the real value of coaching comes into play. I mean, because you know, for for all intents and purposes, like the, the knowledge and tools are available, but what you cannot get is that person, that person on your side holding your feet to the fire or holding that mirror up, saying, "Hey, Kay, is this what you want or is this what you don't want?" That's where you know that's where I feel the real value of the, of coaching it, mm-hmm. and consultation is. Yes, yes, absolutely, and you know, and it helps to have somebody who has a little bit more knowledge than you do yeah. of where you're headed, um, which you know, which I do. And so that helps, that helps to a certain degree, but really I'm not your solution. I'm there Mm -hmm. to walk the path with you and to provide you with guidance and to support you and to help you create the solution in your own life so that tomorrow, you know, that you can trust yourself and that it's not up to me for you to be able to get what you want. True, true. I, it's so true. And I guess, you know, to backtrack a little bit, I shouldn't downplay the value of the tools mm-hmm. that you can offer clients mm-hmm. too, because obviously, as you and I both know, that's super valuable too. Mm-hmm. tried and tested tools. So the, so it does, it is kind of a both of a thing, mm-hmm. the tools and then the coaching, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's super valuable. Yeah, it is. But, but really it's the accountability piece, right? Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes people, especially when we first start out and making really big change, Oftentimes we can, um, if we don't have somebody that we're accountable to, then we can choose not to be accountable to ourselves easier than it is Mm -hmm. when there's not somebody to be accountable to. That's so true. (laughs) um, Yeah. And for many people, it's just the fact of, oh my goodness, I'm, you know, I just put down some money for this and I'm going to put forth some effort. And then the collaborative process together of here are the tools that you can use. Here's um, some exercises that you can do. Here's how I can be supportive of you. That takes you to the, you know, to the end of the race. But, Mm -hmm. you know, starting the race is you deciding that that's what you want to do and saying, okay, I want something different. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, like you said, you know, when you have some stake in the game, and when you truly make that commitment, whether it's monetarily or whatever, to to make that change, it does change your mindset, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It does. It does. And um, having somebody to be accountable to makes it that much easier to follow through. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're first learning how to make change. Yeah, you know, I think about this idea that, you know, what we're taught in the school system, even though it it has its value, once we get out into the real world, we're kind of thrown into the mix. And a lot of us, if we haven't taken the initiative to develop the the courage and the tools and the discipline, we really kind of get tossed around in the sea, don't we, until we actually say, hey, you know, I need to get some new tools here, right? And I need to change the way I'm I'm doing things. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I, I think that's why I think that's definitely what's driving you know this kind of ins- upsurgence of people seeking out coaching and 
bettering themselves because they, they need those tools that maybe they didn't get in other places and, and they're valuable. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we're not taught about how do I change behavior? How do I, how do I change my mind? How do I create a new neural pathway? I mean, we're not taught that at any point in time in our lives. And so to be able to go through a process that allows you to create new pathways in your brain and to understand how do you change behavior um, and how do you make it stick? Those are things that our, you know, coaching does and does really well. Yeah, it's so true. You're absolutely right. I mean, those, and, and in my experience, those things are really, I, I kind of say they're more valuable than the knowledge because you can change when you change. Like you say, you build those new self-concepts and build that new way of thinking. I mean, sky's the limit. Knowledge is kind of, okay, that's great. It pales in comparison in my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You can just go so many places. Exactly. And, you know, you can get knowledge from all sorts of different places and you can piece it together. And the the value in coaching is that um, you can do all of that on your own because most of the information we go over, you can find on the internet. But when you have somebody who has, who understands the processes and um, oftentimes has been there, done that, they bring those experiences to the table so that then you springboard and you're not having to spend years trying to put it together. You get to spend months putting it together and having the same change that they've been through themselves. So true. Absolutely. And that's the, that's the real value right there, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think today in this day and age, back to this idea of knowledge, you know, it used to be that, before you know you could google anything and find it out in a split second people did have people who had knowledge and experience that was their ace in the hole but nowadays when the knowledge is prevalent to everybody then it's like okay the, it loses its value and then the real value comes in in being able to like you know rewire ourselves doesn't it's like a, it's like a new way of uh, a new way of being yes yes and it really comes down to the relationship, you know, and how do you create relationship that motivates people to want to change and that impact that's empowering, right? It's, I think it's that continual process of, yes, I'm going to teach you some things, but also I'm going to empower you and I'm going to help you see how amazing you are um, and how wonderful you are and how you can reach any goal and do anything that you um, have a thought that you might want to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so that's really, I think, where the power, where the difference comes. It's a piece of it is in the knowledge, but the biggest piece of it is the empowerment component. And, and it's hard to get empowered in a single state. You know, empowerment often comes between connection with others. Totally. Yeah. And then them, them reflecting back at you, like you said, di- your way you're thinking and different experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You definitely, we definitely need each other. I mean, in, in so many ways because of that. Yes, absolutely. I want to chat briefly about this idea, you know, that's come up a couple of times in our conversation. Um, Cause I think it's really critical and, you know, going back to this idea of too big of change too fast and being overwhelmed and, mm-hmm. 
um, making these kind of micro changes. Because again, I just think, I think that stops so many people. They, they have a goal in their mind of, oh, I want, you know, cause it's nice to paint a picture of how we want our lives to be, mm-hmm. but then addressing that, you know, deep chasm that exists between where we are and where we're going. I think some people just go, oh, well, what's the point, right? But so what are some ways that you keep people, keep your clients into this kind of gradual process? I know you've touched on a few, but I just think it's really critical for people to be aware that, hey, it is like baby steps big time to get where you're going. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think it's a combination of things. It's um, first of all, we have to have that big goal. What's the big dream, right? Because there's no, that's really what they're wanting, but then it's breaking it down into smaller goals and smaller successes um, and creating those successes quickly. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So that then that builds on, okay, I can do this one small thing. Um, but I think oftentimes what happens for people if they say, you know, let's say I'm making, you know, 50000 a year right now and I want to make 300000 next year. Well, we have to get clear on what are all of the processes. If, if my goal is just I want to make $300,000 um, and I don't have any idea around what that looks like, then I'm going to stop completely and I'm not going to do anything more about it except have this dream that I want to make $300,000. And so really backtracking it, um, starting with some of, so we always start with the mindset piece because it's those thoughts that get in our head that um, keep us from moving forward. So starting with the mindset piece, but then also breaking it down into smaller pieces and saying, okay, maybe that's your five-year dream. And for the next year, what's your next year dream? And how are we going to get you that much closer to the five-year dream? And then in the next three months, what are we going to accomplish to get you that much closer? And then again, breaking it down by month, by week, Mm -hmm. by day. I like it. Um, Tell me about your your ideal client if you have one or what Mm -hmm. what kind of experience around that do you you have? Yeah. So I'm... My ideal client is uh, women who are really looking for transformation, women who um, know there is an inner superhero inside of them, but they have just gotten to this space in life where they have been saying yes to so many other people, they've forgotten about themselves and are ready to suit up and put their cape on and create the life that they want for themselves. Yeah. What about uh, future projects or future things on your list of things to implement or, you know, to be a bigger service, bigger impact in the world? Anything on the horizon, either near or far? Yes. So um, I'm looking at pulling together a weekend retreat. Um, I think as women, we, we don't do enough connecting with each other and really having meaningful connection. So I'm working on pulling together a weekend retreat. And I'm hoping that um, my goal is this summer that we'll be putting that on. Um, And Mm then very nice. Yeah. And then pulling together some um, some group coaching sessions. So again, community is better for um, healing and making progress quickly 
than individual. And I mean, it's not better, but it's another avenue for it. And often, sure, it's uh, a different, it's a different type. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a di- it gives more different perspectives, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. So pulling together some um, group coaching. Um, but really, my goal is helping women connect and understand that we all have fear. We all have, we've all been to those places that feel really deep and dark and scary. And they aren't as deep and dark and scary um, as we think they are. And so creating space for that to happen. Yeah, I love it. I love that. I, I got to tell you, again, back to this idea of, like you mentioned, the retreat, and it sounds like an mm-hmm. awesome thing. Again, it's those simple things that, you know, heck, any of us can get away, but when it's done and gives us the space to mm-hmm. change and transform and grow, that's when, again, back to invaluable, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. You know, that's where giving your giving yourself time to do those things where usually on people's to-do list it's not okay take an hour out of the day to tune in and check myself right there's no time for that we don't make time for that as much as we should exactly exactly and so mm-hmm. this is will really be about making time to do that making time to um connect we get so ungrounded and so creating space to ground ourselves and to learn how to ground ourselves um, and to, um, have community and start creating community and to know I'm not alone in this process. I'm not alone in this feeling of, you know, where's my life gotten me or, um, why am I in this space, um, is really important. It is another great idea or topic that you've brought up is this idea that we're not alone. That's super good. I'm glad you said that because that's how it happens when we, when we kind of, struggle and try to do it ourselves, we think, okay, I'm the only one going through this. But when you hear, you know, 20 other people are too, you're like, oh, I feel a little better. (laughs) Exactly. And I have some tools at the end of the weekend that I can take home. And not only do I have tools, but I have new friends that I have met Mm -hmm. who have gone through the same thing that I can reach out to. And, um, and I've, you know, and I've got a plan for myself and I have a vision for myself and I've rejuvenated. I have been in nature. I have, you know, spent mm-hmm. some time away from everything that's feels like it's chaos producing in my life. And I've been able to get centered again. So true. So true. So as we wrap up here, why don't you share how people can get in touch with this? Share as as many ways as that you you would like us to know. And I'll also include this information in the show notes at gmarkphillips.com so people can find it beneath your episode. But give us, tell us where people can get in touch with you to learn more about your work, the retreats, all that stuff. Wonderful. Thank you. Yes. So you can go to my website. It's um, denisejensen.com or you can email me at denise at denisejensen.com. Those are usually the easiest ways to get a hold of me. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Denise Jensen, um, coaching and consulting, and I respond to messages there as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Denise, this has been super awesome. I'm really glad you uh, took the time to chat with me. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. 